I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review and Houston Round Ball Review Radio with another One on None podcast. In this podcast, I discuss the results of the American Athletic Conference preseason polls and where the Houston Cougars men's and basketball teams were picked. The Houston Rockets have a new head coach, some NBA and NCAA news, and a little bit more. First up, American Athletic Conference preseason honors. Wednesday morning, October 28th, the AAC announced preseason honors for men's and women's basketball. On the women's side, USF was picked to win the conference, while the Cougs were picked seventh. On the men's side, the Houston Cougars picked up nine first place votes and a total of 99 points to be the preseason favorite to win the AAC. Houston redshirt guard Caleb Mills was named AAC Preseason Player of the Year. Here are the results of the coaches' polls. Ladies first. USF earned eight first place votes and a total of 98 votes, 98 points to pace the preseason predicted order of finish. UCF got two first place votes, a total of 79 points to edge out Tulane, who was in third for with 78 points. Last season's conference tournament runner-up, Cincinnati claimed the final two first place votes and 73 points for fourth place. Temple rounds out the top five with 57 points. Wichita State checked in in the sixth spot with 54 points, followed by Houston at, in seventh with 49, Memphis in eighth with 40 points, ECU ninth with 36 points, SMU 10th with 30 points, and 11th holding up the foundation of the conference in 11th place, Tulsa with 10 points. Going to note, I'm not going to get into specifics about the AAC first and second team honors, but no Houston Cougars women's basketball players were named in either of the 10 spots on the first and second teams. So that's a motivation for Coach Huey and his Cougars. So we'll see. Seventh place. I I picked them sixth. So I'm not surprised by this. Kind of a bit surprised they were picked behind Wichita State. But I mean, it's, it's a preseason poll. No big deal one way or the other. But it is a big deal if the Cougs have more talent than people believe. And if the Cougs believe that seventh is too low. So it's time for them to get it done on the court. Talk about it. Be about it. Next up, the fellas. The Cougs finished nine points ahead of second place Memphis, which received the remaining two first place votes. After Memphis, SMU in third with 80 points, Cincinnati fourth with 77 points, USF in fifth with 61 points, Tulsa's 50 points are next, followed by Wichita State with 44 points, USF with 37 points, ECU with 34 points, 10th spot, Temple at 18 points, and last and 11th, Tulane with 15 points. Caleb Mills was one of only two unanimous selections to the AAC's preseason first team. The other unanimous selection was ECU forward Jaden Gardner. Love that last name. We are kin somewhere in that family tree. I'm claiming it. He has no problem with it. He thinks it's kind of cool too as well. Trust me, I have spoken to him about this, so don't worry about all that. Jaden Gardner was the second unanimous selection on the AAC 
preseason first team. Mills and Gardner were joined on the first team by Cincinnati's Keith Williams, SMU's Kendrick Davis, and Tulsa's Brandon Rochelle. Mills led the Cougars with 13 points per game last season in just 22.6 minutes per game. He joins Houston Cougars legend Rob, also known as Rob Williams, as the only freshman in school history to lead their teams in scoring. If you don't know why I said Rob, because when Rob hooped at U of H, his name on the back of his jersey didn't say Williams, said Rob. Rob averaged 16.3 points per game as a freshman in 1979-80 season. Caleb Mills shot 38.5% from the floor this past season, 143 buckets out of 371 attempts, including 36.5% from three-point range, 50 out of 137. He also averaged 2.6 rebounds per game. Caleb had 35 assists, 43 turnovers, got to improve that, five blocks and 16 steals. I don't have a problem with Caleb being picked preseason player of the year. I was told about it Monday, just like I was told the Cougs were going to be picked first. The national publications, almost everybody agrees. I agree that U of H is the best team and team to beat in the conference. No, no doubt about that in my mind. Caleb, to me, he's a scorer. He's a hell of a scorer. But I would like to see him add to his game, have more assists than turnovers, get more rebounds per game. Get a few more steals per game. If he get up the blocks, it's not important because he's a he's a scoring guard. But just maybe improve everything and shoot a higher percentage from the floor. Shoot better from the foul line too. I think he was seventy three percent from the foul line. Shoot better from the line. I have high expectations for Caleb. He has a lot of talent. I believe he has NBA potential. But I want to see him. And you know he's a redshirt sophomore, so he has plenty of time for improvement. But definitely. Shoot a higher percentage, be a better creator for his teammates, but definitely cut down on the turnovers. 43 turnovers in 22, 23 minutes per game, that's too high for me. But I'm looking forward to watching him grow and develop. Second team, AAC, consists of Cincinnati big man Chris Vogt, Vogt, V-O-G-T. Memphis had two players on second team, big man DJ Jeffries and guard Landers Nolly II. USF's Alexis Netna, Yetna, and SMU's Tyson Jolly round out the AAC preseason second team. Ten spots, one Cougar, two Bearcats, two Tigers, two Mustangs. Interesting. Yet the Cougs were the clear favorite to win the conference. That shows you how deep, how versatile, or in some cases, how unknown some of the Cougars are to the coaches around the league. I was surprised a bit, but I know he was too inconsistent last season. That Quinn Grimes and I earned a spot on the second team. Again, preseason, not a big deal. Motivation. If Quentin has a problem with it, if he's got the skill set, the mindset to get it done, get it done on the floor. Prove to the coaches 
you deserve a spot on the, on the conference's first or second team. Fine. NCAA.com's Andy Katz was the first to report news that the Cougs and Texas Tech are close to finalizing an agreement to face each other in a multi-team event which will be held in Fort Worth, Texas. I was told about this as well, but had to, I was asked to keep it hush-hush because it was, and it's still not set, but it's close to being done. The Cougs and Red Raiders were initially scheduled to square off in Orlando as part of the NIT tip-off, one of ESPN's made-for-TV college basketball events. However, due to disagreements regarding COVID-19 testing protocol, ESPN on October 26th announced the cancellation of the events. As part of that NIT tip-off, Gonzaga and Auburn would square off in the other game. UVA to play Texas Tech. And then UVA would face either the Zags or Auburn in the second game, second day of that event, of that showcase. That's not going to happen. Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson told Fox Sports, Houston's Fox 26 Sports, Mark, Ber Mark Berman, that additional teams may be added to the MTE in Fort Worth which ties into what I said in, in the previous podcast based on what Coach Samson told media on October 14th that his uh, availability session that he was in favor of the Orlando event because it was an opportunity for the Cougs to face some high-caliber Q1 opponents, Quadrant 1 opponents, to help the Cougs strengthen the schedule non-conference. So... Coach Sampson has numerous contacts throughout college basketball, throughout basketball. So it's no surprise to me that he's still working to get other teams added to that MTE in Fort Worth. And I'm assuming he's trying to get some other Q1 opponents in that Fort Worth event. AAC on ESPN Plus. Reminder, the American Athletic Conference is now on ESPN Plus. The tag is... The American on ESPN Plus. If you do not have ESPN Plus, sign up via links posted on HoustonRoundBallReview.com, my website, and or the links posted on the Houston Round Ball Review's men's hoops and women's hoops blogs to get ESPN Plus. You do that, you get great programming, original programming, and access to all kinds of sports, and I also earn a nominal commission. Those commissions add up to help me keep doing what I've done for 26 plus years. The monthly cost for ESPN Plus is $5.99. The annual price is $49.99. And yes, I am a customer. I signed up. I put my money where my mouth is and I am a customer. So I'm asking you to do the same. You get great programming and I earn a commission as well. A win-win for, for both of us. Shifting gears to the NBA. My, 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 my. Houston Rockets, after about six weeks, have a, will hire a head coach, Steven Silas. A Woj bomb was dropped first. ESPN's Adrian, Adrian Wojnarowski broke the news first. The Rockets will hire Steven Silas as next head coach. Jonathan Fagan of the Chronicle confirmed Wojnarowski's report. 
Silas will become the Rockets' 15th head coach in franchise, franchise history. Steven is the son of former NBA All-Star and head coach Paul Silas. Steven has long been considered a top candidate to become a head coach. He's 47 years of age. He's one year younger than me. Wow. He landed the Rockets job 40 years after his father became an NBA head coach and 17 years after his dad was one of the runners-up for the Houston job when the team chose Jeff Van Gundy. Steven was one of three finalists for the job. Jeff Van Gundy and John Lucas were the other two finalists. According to Fagan, the Rockets are considering elevating John Lucas from his player development role to join Silas's coaching staff. The Rockets are reportedly also interested in hiring former Supersonics, Trailblazers, and Pacers head coach Nate McMillan, as well as former Suns and Knicks head coach Jeff Hornacek to be on Silas's staff. I think it's a good hire. I think it's kind of an inexpensive hire. Uh, oddly enough, on my friend and colleague Kim Davis's Chalk Talk, which airs each week on Tuesdays, I said that I believe the Rockets would hire Stephen Silas. I said, I don't, out of the three, Stephen, JVG, and Luke, Stephen would, would be the, the compromise pick. He'd be the pick that the players and management ownership could both agree on to be the best person for the job. So less than 24 hours later, the Rockets decide to hire Steven Silas as a head coach. Steven was on the Mavs coaching staff under Rick Carlisle this past season. Mavs had the most, the highest rated offensive efficiency, efficiency in NBA history. Steven has a great offensive mind and a great defensive mind. So he, he knows the importance of getting it done on both ends of the court. He has a great relationship. He's a great communicator also, which is important. You got to be able to know as great leaders. You have to know how to push the buttons of your players to get the, to maximize their ability. Not everybody can be pushed the same way. So I think it's a good hire. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what Steven does with the Rockets. It'll still be some threes influence, but there will be other tweaks in half court sets that he will employ and institute. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good hire. Lo and behold, Daryl Morey is in the news once again. Just weeks after saying he would take a quote-unquote gap year to spend more time with his family, Daryl Morey, former Houston Rockets general manager, is finalizing a five-year deal to become the Philadelphia 76ers' new president of basketball operations. Maury will, will work with Sixers GM Elton Brand and a new Sixers head coach Doc Rivers. All that talk. I told my buddy Andre A.J. Jones on his KYK lunch break show that I would believe Daryl Maury in what he's saying and take him at his word. That he wants to spend more time with his family. And you take the gap year to spend time with his family. I take him at his word. Unless and until he takes a job with the Sixers. 
you can go to YouTube, go to Andre Jones' YouTube channel. Look for my appearance on his show. It's there. I said it. I'm going to be on AJ's show Thursday afternoon, October 29th at 1.20 p.m. Central Time to discuss the Rockets, obviously. Some NBA and probably, hopefully, some Cougs as well. So, Daryl Moore to the Sixers, weeks after saying how much he loved his time with the Rockets, how much he and Tillman, it's a mutual separation, blah, blah, blah. Rockets have their head coach. Philly has their head coach. And Maury as the new president of basketball operations. More NBA news. A few days ago, Shams Sharania of the Athletic and Stadium reported the NBA Board of Governors is considering, was considering, a proposal to begin the 2020-21 season on December 22nd with a 72-game regular season. Wednesday, October 28th, Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes tweeted, quoting the tweet, a substantial faction of players and star players pushing for NBA season to start January 18th, MLK Day, with free agency commencement of December 1st, end quote. Once again, in a previous podcast, I mentioned I thought NBA was leaning towards starting the season in January 2021, specifically on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Wednesday evening, October 28th, Shams interviewed Michelle Roberts, spoke with Michelle Roberts, who's the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association, the NBPA. Ms. Roberts is not certain the December 22nd start will happen. She told Shams, one of the quotes, you need to read the article. I urge you to read the article. Great information in the article. One of the quotes, given all that has to be resolved between now and the December 22nd date, factoring that there will be financial risks by a later start date, it defies common sense that it can all be done in time. Our players deserve the right to have some runway so that they can plan for a start that soon. The overwhelming response from the players that I have received to this proposal has been negative, end quote. Clearly, the NBPA has to sign off and agree on this proposed season format. Dame Lillard, two days ago, was okay with this earlier start. Other players apparently are not okay with the earlier start. And one of the things I mentioned previously, this is a hell of a quick turnaround for the Heat and the Lakers, who were playing in the NBA Finals. It's a quick turnaround for the Celtics. The Heat, the Lakers, and the Nuggets, so Nuggets and Celtics also were in the conference finals. Quick turnaround for them. The NBA draft is slated for November 18th. A December 22nd start date is just four weeks after the draft. Training camp is slated for December 1st. 
this proposal, according to Shams, also includes three or four preseason games. How the hell are they going to have the players going to recoup, rest, to get ready for a December 22nd start? Definitely the main reason, or two of the reasons. One is money. Obviously, money makes the world go round. This earlier start supposedly will help the league generate up to $500 million. That's, that's, that's not chump change. The earlier start will also help the league return to a normal start time for the 2021-22 season. The earlier start would have this season, the playoffs finals ending in early July. That avoids the lower TV ratings in the summer, lower linear TV ratings in the summer. So there's a lot behind the decision to have a December 22nd start date. The Board of Governors is in favor, obviously, of the start on the 22nd of December. Even starting on Christmas, I think makes sense because all eyes are on the NBA on Christmas Day. Five games, people sit around the TVs or their phones, tablets, and watch NBA basketball. Get ratings for the games on Christmas Day. I've never been a fan of that because it's one of the special holidays of the year taking plays away from their families. But I understand it. I've hated having to work some of the Rocket, Rocket games on Christmas Day, but do what i got to do. So we shall see how the negotiations play out and what will happen. But man, that is a hell of a quick turnaround if they do both sides agree to start the season on December 22nd. And keep in mind, one of the main things, one of the reasons for this discussion with Michelle Roberts is the owners and the players have a dis- October 30th deadline that will be pushed back for agreement to the terms of uh, salary cap numbers, tax numbers, all that. That'll be pushed back for a few days because they got to get this together. The salary cap, the, the impact for the games lost this season has been I think ESPN reported in the billions they did get some of that back 1.5 billion back with the games and with the playoffs in the bubble no fans for in the arenas for the 2020-21 season the owners project that's a 40% revenue hit that's why they're trying to get some of that money back with starting the season December 22nd. Okay. Uh, I understand that in one sense, but if they are planning and discussing having the players still play back-to-back games, I don't agree with that, especially when the league is last couple of years talks about they want, they know the importance, they see the importance, they see the, see the studies are showing, proving the importance of rest and sleep so they're trying to minimize travel. And one thing I do like suggest, that I'm hearing su- suggested is the teams will play within the conference. So there won't be too many matchups outside of conference. One thing I like in the 72-game season proposal suggestion 
is you play your teams in your division eight times. Four teams, you got five teams in each division. Eight times against those four other opponents. That's 32 games. You got 10 more teams in the conference, in your same conference. Play them each four times. 32 plus 40, 72. Don't have to worry about playing the team in the other conference. That makes sense. But I'm just, the early start, that still is an issue for me. So we shall see how it all works. Either way, I'm going to cover the NBA as best I can as they allow the media to do so. So when it starts, I'll be there. I'm still going to cover college hoops because really more and more, that's my focus. The Rockets are my main, generate my most interest and my most revenue, especially the videos. But more and more, I'm enjoying the college hoops part of basketball. That's where I get my biggest shot of adrenaline. I enjoy the college hoops, including women's hoops. And I'm going to touch on, mention this, some scary news that was reported Wednesday evening. Uh, Baylor women's basketball issued the following statement. Baylor seniors Dee Dee Richards and Moon Erson suffered respective injuries as a result of a collision in practice October 24th. Richards, the reigning National Defensive Player of the Year, sustained a spinal cord injury without radiographic abnormality. This is a shock to the spinal cord that causes temporary impairment. She was evaluated, treated, and released from Baylor Scott and White Hillcrest Hospital. Richards is making progress from her injury, but she is out indefinitely with no defined timetable for a return to basketball activities. Urson, a senior guard, suffered a concussion in the collision and has entered concussion protocol. So scary injury news for both young ladies. And I don't wish them a speedy recovery. I wish them a healthy recovery. Their health is more important than the quick turnaround or the speed of the turnaround. So healthy recovery to Didi and Moon. Get back when you're healthy enough to return to the court. Some other NCAA Division I news and much more lighter and non-injury related, thank goodness. The NCAA Division I board backs the transfer proposal and suspends academic penalties for APR, the academic progress rate. October 28th, Wednesday afternoon, the NCAA put out a statement about a, a press release that the board of directors, the Division I board of directors, strongly supports legislation that would allow all Division I student-athletes, student-assets, the opportunity to transfer and compete immediately regardless of the sport they play. The board met virtually Wednesday. The transfer rule change was introduced into the legislative cycle earlier this month by the Division I Council. 
It was recommended by the Working Group on Transfers, which has been studying the issue since May when council members resolved to address transfer issues by January 2021. The council expects to vote on the transfer rule at its scheduled meeting in January. The board also suspended the application of academic progress rate penalties for two years, which was recommended by the Division One Committee on Academics. Schools also will not be subject to a loss of postseason competition due to low APR during the same time period. The impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on APR data and the variability in underlying factors contributing to the data led the board members to agree with the recommendation by the Committee on Academics to suspend penalties associated with the program. APR data will not be publicly released in spring 2021 or spring 2022, and the historical public recognition of teams that earn APRs in the top 10% for their sport for those years will not occur. Members will still have access to their data and the APR still will be one of the ways to earn the academic unit financial distribution. In case you don't know, the APR is a team-based metric that accounts for the eligibility and retention of team members each term. It was created in 2003 as a more immediate way to measure academic performance than graduation rates. The current benchmark for APR penalties is 930. The perfect score is 1000. 930 roughly predicts a 50% graduation rate. APR penalties include reductions to athletically related activities and playing seasons encouraging teams to devote to academic activities the time that would have been spent on athletics. Teams also must earn a minimum 930 APR to participate in the postseason. But keep in mind, what the decision is today is the board has suspended the application of the APR penalties for two years. Listen to Dr. Kenyatta Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Dr. Cavill, the Dean of HBCU Sports, Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop. You can catch the show on Houston Round Ball Review Radio during the week at between 8 and 10 p.m. Or you can watch their show on Facebook Watch as well as Inside the HBCU Sports Lab on YouTube. Wrapping it up, you can catch more of my one-on-one podcasts as well as my interview podcasts on the podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and now Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn, as well as on the Houston Roundball Review Radio Station at roundballreviewradio.com. Airtime.pro. 
Tune in to Houston Roundball Review Radio for more audio from me as well as from colleagues discussing the Rockets, Houston Texans, HBCU sports and culture, and women's basketball. The podcasts include Locked on Texans, hosted by Cody Davis and some sports guy, John Hickman. Locked on Women's Basketball, which has numerous hosts, including Erica Ayala, um, Howard McDonald. They have different hosts for each day of the week, Monday through Friday. Great info if you love women's basketball or if you just want to learn about women's basketball. Tune in. Locked on Rockets podcast, part of the Locked on Network, Sports Network, hosted by my mentee, one, one of my mentees, Jackson Gatlin. I got it scheduled now on the station, the Locked On podcast air from 12 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, two hours each to women's basketball, Rockets, and Texans. I also have podcasts from Her Hoop Sports. Website is Her Hoop, Her Hoops Stats, excuse me, HerHoopStats.com. Their podcast Monday through Friday and also Around the Rim podcast, more women's basketball from Latina Robinson and Tarika Foster-Brasby. That podcast airs in the mornings. All this at roundballreviewradio.airtime.pro. Plus, Dr. Ville's Inside HBCU Sports, The Admax Corner, featuring, hosted by A.D. Adolphus Moore, and Chalk Talk, hosted by Kim Y. Davis. A little bit of everything on roundballreviewradio.airtime.pro. I'm KG, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Visit my website at HoustonRoundBallReview.com for articles and links to my podcasts and videos. While you're at the site, please support the Houston Round Ball Review by contributing via PayPal. Or you can contribute via the Cash app, which is my name, Christopher Gardner. K-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-G-A-R-D. N-E-R. You can also sign up via links on HoustonRoundBallReview.com to get the Disney Bundle, which includes Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, and Hulu. The monthly cost for Disney+, Plus is $6.99, and the annual price is $69.99. You save 30% when you bundle all three. Makes sense to me. If you already have one of the three, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, or Hulu, you can add the other two and get the bundle. Season two of The Mandalorian, reminder, premieres October 30th. Season one is available now on Disney Plus. The popular anime series One Punch Man and dramas such as The Handmaid's Tale are available on Hulu. Plus, Animaniacs will have 13 new episodes premiering on Hulu November 20th. All that is available in the bundle. Save 30% to get the bundle. Save 30%. I earn a commission as long as you sign up via the links posted on HoustonRoundBallReview.com or the Men's Hoops blogs at HoustonRoundBallReview.com and also the Women's Hoops blog at Houston Round Ball 
roundballreview.com. The Houston Round Ball Review has been around since 1994. Houston Round Ball Review Radio and the podcast are an additional avenue for me to share news and info with you. Keep in mind, the Houston Round Ball Review, local name, national perspective. Thank you for your time. Take care.